Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, <laughs> also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Scully are the phone lines. They are open 8150 93.9, 3831-939 after Louisville loses last night to Virginia Tech on senior night. The, uh, presumably, I think, the last home game for uh, a couple of uh, Louisville guys uh, last night. And it was a game that was, I think, very frustrating. Uh, end to a frustrating home season, at least. And now Louisville's got just uh, the final home game or final basketball game of the regular season at Virginia, which will surely be pleasant. Uh, and then the ACC tournament. Uh, and we'll see where it goes uh, from there. A lot of frustration uh, here at the end of the season, and in particular about just sort of the feeling of having been drugged back to uh, some of the things that were going on the first, I think, two-thirds of the season. I wanted to just respond to one other thing from Thomas. This is a – it might seem like I'm sort of playing both sides of the fence here, but I swear to you that I am not. Uh, I – you know, he sort of issued kind of a general call for positivity and all that sort of thing. And I, and I have no qualms with any of that. But I, you and I have not hesitated, I think, to be critical, extremely critical, but have tried to also, like literally anytime they give us something to go on that's good, to run with it and make sure everyone knows about it and, and it, it is as celebrated as it should be. I do feel like if there's one place to be critical of folks, in some, it's the it is the smallest segment of people, but they're out there and they're loud. There does seem to be a segment of people who who have who have actively gone to mocking, and I I don't I don't think that's healthy in the least. And, and like I think it's a healthy fan response to not love what's happening and to let let it be known. Especially because this is a fan base with extremely high standards. It's a program Certainly. worthy of right, worthy of those standards. Like there's nothing wrong with any of that. But there does seem to have people feel a certain amount of permission to be mean about people in a way that I feel like just sort of goes beyond this is just about bad basketball. The number of times someone has made some sort of comment either implying or outright saying that Kenny is lazy. Like, I've been hearing that all year. Shame on you. We do not have to do this. You don't have to do that. The basketball isn't so good that you've got to start trumping up other charges too. Like, we, 
we've got enough to work with right. without having to get to why is this microphone not speaking to us we were over two there let's try it again what, what, there we go we good now there that's much I can better. it's been on the entire time i have no clue i didn't hear like a with, the, with these headphones, I can never tell if I'm talking or like you can hear me or not because it just doesn't register in here. That is one thing I would like that I wish we did not see. that the It going one level further to I'm going to dump on the person. Like you not like the – I don't like the results. If they fired him tomorrow, I would not feel outraged. It's saying like but, – But going beyond that too, like he's a lazy person who doesn't care. He probably doesn't even know who that person is or whatever. Like I hate that stuff. Which – not on board with that. You can say plenty without saying that. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm saying, like you don't know his work ethic. You know, you, you don't. You don't know if he's at the, at the facility or not. So why would you make those impl- Like, why would you make those accusations? You know, it just. Well, I think no. I think it's because if the results are so are this bad, it has to be that he just really doesn't care. Like that makes more Could sense. Could just be that he's not suited to be a head coach. Well, but that makes you know more I mean? sense to people yeah. because then I can just be dismissive of the whole thing. Right. It wasn't like a good faith effort that that is just really bad, which is what I think it is. I, I'm with you, and and there's that's part of the reason why I'm more in the camp of I don't know if it's ever going to work. <laughs> Texas, says, what's your opinion on the ba- your guys' opinion on the band Deftones? <laughs> 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 well, I man, you never know. We should do that. We should get the random, like, random text of the day. We've already got two really good. Biden will forgive your sins. Yeah. And what do you guys think about the band? Except Deftones? for the erections guy, I'm just gonna put it out there that he threw, <laughs> that he tweets at us like six times a day about that. He could win every day. I might have that. I might have that person muted because <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably used to this guy too. Right. What are we talking about here? He tweets in about boners like six times a day. Oh. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Fair. <laughs> People need to know, like, I would like to paint a rich tapestry of how what this looks like on our text line. We'll get a random political tweet. There'll be like all right, three or four that are, you know, relevant to the show. And then we'll get one about boners, you know, and then like three or four more. And then what are your all's thoughts on the Deftones? potato talk to oh at least three or four texts a day about yeah, but i want more potatoes i want random like the potato one like we know where that comes we know from. where that comes from yeah. no I, i'm not saying these are all random although I will, the, the interesting thing about the potato talk is that it has become a a, a lull filler like for listeners yes when it, if it feels like we're sort of at that place where you would you might either take a break or transition to something else and just sort of a, oh you know how when you're in a everybody's laughing at conversation the, oh, and then mm. you sort of all right now what are we gonna talk about like it goes to that all the time every time every time texture says it's good to hear <laughs> fitty spence you like that i like that as a nickname for you i like that i appreciate that texas says don't mute me that's it's the boners guy guy, oh no you're good trust me you are good what if it's just the he's just a really big fan of charles in charge you know the guy's best name best friend's name was boners to bone boners to bone thank you (laughs) what passed for television back in the day (laughs) texas says they're a great band i guess that would be the deftones they are yeah Sure, sure. I got no problem with that. I have no comment on the deaf tone. If you Texas says, just got in the vehicle. Has anyone talked about the dog crapping on the court? First, we led yeah, the it, show with, with uh, dog crap yeah, today. We would have been negligent in our duties, I think, if we had not led with that. It was the perfect symbolic we uh, gesture for this entire season. Uh, 
it, it I mean, just. We've all been. His, I said if I'd made it up and told you that happened, you'd be like, come on, what it. happened really? I, but we, it was every, the New York Post. I, it, it wasn't really. Yeah. Everybody who's ever had a dog understands that guy's reaction, though. Like, he saw her start to squat. He, like, ran out. Nightmare. And picked her up. Absolutely. But I've seen it happen so many times, like, with a puppy with one of my dogs. Just yep. like, oh, <laughs> come on. And pick him up and take Where's him Where's the worst place your dog's ever done that? Oh, my God. On the court at the Yum Center would be really hard to beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so While you for second place here. Yeah, I think so. Most of my like most on of mine someone's just, gravesite. Like, what oh could God. possibly be worse uh, than that? All of mine are really like she had diarrhea on a carpet, which is impossible oh. to get out. Which happened in the That's last rough. three weeks. So that was a dad pun too. By the way, you like that? Mm-hmm. I did. That's rough. Texas says at least it wasn't on Cardinal Boulevard. We've seen that too. Mm. What like here's the thing. What are the best animal related cardinal mythology stories? Like there's touchdown squirrel, you know, frisbee dog now. Do we have any others that I'm missing right now? I feel like there's one like super obvious. I know. One. There's always a super and obvious I just, one we're missing, and everyone's gonna text us and That has happened here locally? Just it a U of L related one and i just can't think I'm, of it you know i, I never know like the rainy johnson by the way that ever happened that here. that is really the best one that absolutely blew up in my face there was that window where remember when twitter went down because elon musk is all talk and twitter was down for a little while, and the only thing you could do was schedule a tweet for the future <laughs> so everyone was like it was like uh what is it the the confessions like the post-it notes thing what was that called i forget what that was called Oh, I'm losing my brain. But like, you just, people were just like scheduling these tweets, and they ended up going in for like five days. So five days after that happened, they're like, "Oh, by the way, I was never really that big of a fan of <laughs> Touchdown Squirrel." And people were like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" I was like, "I thought we were just saying stuff that was yeah. fine to say." I thought we were in the nest yeah. of the tree, the trust. I wasn't totally sure Twitter's even coming back. <laughs> I just figured it would never come back. <laughs> and then I have like, "Well, crap! I'm sorry that you guys had to learn about that." It's a bit. That's like when. Uh, I don't know. A couple of famous people have done this where they just send all on their drafts. <laughs> oh, Mark May did that. Mark May. That was the best one. It was Mark May. Mark May. <laughs> well, the, the time Stephen A. Smith just tweeted a link to an extension on a file on his own computer. Right. You know, just the file name. Check it out. Dot JPEG or whatever. He was like, asked about that recently on a podcast. He's <laughs> that's like, I have bad. no clue what the hell you're talking about here. I don't know how we're computers here. <laughs> It's been so long. He's like, I have no clue what I was just saying. Albino squirrels on campus. That's obviously well, yeah, very but good. I mean, like U of L sports. Like, obviously, albino squirrels are, a, a, you know, one time uh, walking to the business school for class, walking by a garbage can, I could hear that there was a squirrel in that trash oh, yeah. can. He, as I walked by, he jumped out, scared the hell out of me, holding a full slice of like New York style pizza. Just- the it, best like, day I mean, of that guy's tr- life. Uh, yes, he's like going to eat for a month, right? Yeah. Like a full, I don't know if somebody just dropped it and threw it away or what, but it's like a full slice. And this squirrel just comes flying out of that trash can. I think a little full <laughs> slice of pizza I've never seen this Best thing. day of his life. You yeah, absolutely. It. You witnessed the best moment of that squirrel's life. Like I, I he feel went like, home, like, you'll never believe what you'll ne- Right, like all of us, I feel like that went to U of L had a moment with a squirrel in a trash can because you would just hear them. Squirrels are amazing on campus. There are so many squirrels on campus. Like, I forgot how many squirrels are on campus, and I was walking. I always walk through. I like to park at the station and walk to games often, football games. I just like to walk, and I'll smoke a cigar on the way back and the way in. 
I was walking by a dumpster on campus, and there were like 150 squirrels in there. Like, and that's not really an exaggeration. There were so many squirrels. Like, if they decided to organize, we are all screwed. <laughs> that's like the kangaroos, right? Like, right. compared to the number of Australians. That's right. If they ever decide to get together. If they ever organize, together, everyone's responsible yeah. for like 2.7 kangaroos or something like that. If, kangaroo like, Can you fight life. one kangaroo, let alone 2.7? No, they're kicking the nuts every time. No, like, have you seen their arms? They're nuts. Oh, hell yeah. They're so their strong. Their chest, like, you get every once in a while, like, yeah. like, the line, it's crazy. They're they're terrifying. I would never fight one. They're, all they do is just distract you to kick in the nuts. So I guess we're screwed if bourbon barrels ever become sentient <laughs> <laughs> in the state of Kentucky. That's true. 81, 50, Look at what we're trying to do to not do this. Uh, we're trying to talk about this. Uh, instead of a, just taking another dose of our medicine here, yeah. uh, but we will. Look, I've, I'm over-medicated at this point. It's, yeah, I hear you on that. Like you know, how they tell you like eventually, like taking this much antibiotics is actually bad for you. Bad for we're gonna you, end yeah. up with all these uh, resistance, super resistant. Uh, yeah. That's what we're getting here uh, at this point. Been battling with with people. I think good-hearted <laughs> people, and I mean this. I am not. This is not like when Matt Jones like, I like this person, and then he hates that person. Like, it's, it's not that. The, with the exception of Ellis, who's a piece of crap, with the exception of Ellis, every person I know who has, like, really, really ridden for Kenny hard is a great person. Well, we got lots of them that call and the is, show. We love and you. is doing it from a place of, I think, for the most part, real sincerity and real desire for it to work, and I have no qualms with that. But the arguments that are that are put forth have driven me crazy. And now that we have one game left in the year, like we've got a whole season of him as the head coach. We can talk about it as like a unit here. Like yeah. we got at most five games, at minimum two games. I'm just saying, like you're on, theoretically, you're, you're George Shadow Incredible. Don't this, take it. Stop. It's like when Kelly Diggs, like Louisville's officially eliminated from going above five hundred this year. It's like Cool. Now we know we officially yeah. done this. It's been like that for like a month and a half, isn't it? Officially doing a lot of work, yeah. right? But the, the there have been narrative kind of arguments made on his behalf that I think are well intentioned and don't do him any favors. In fact, I think they make it worse. In particular, I think they feed the thing we're talking about, where as the person described it earlier, being fronted, like Kenny's being fronted a lot for next year. Right now, and he's but he's what he's doing is I think taking away anybody's right to sort of have there be a middle ground. The kind of season where they're sort of on the bubble or sort of in between or making a little bit of progress, like there's really not going to be any kind of a taste for that once you've spent this entire season sort of throwing these things out there. So I I just wanted to run through them. I and if you think of one, if you think of one, I want to hear it. Some of them are just different flavors of the same thing, but things like this. Three different coaches have tried with this group, and they yeah. they just can't reach them. That's a that's a common denominator. Three different coaches have not tried with this group. Okay, you're not going to turn Mike Pegues into a set a separate head coach from Chris Mack. Like that was the same group. He's an interim coach. That he was an interim, right? So we're not going to turn it into like an outsider came and then another outsider came, and this is the most recalcitrant group you've ever seen. I don't believe that. Did you with your words. Well, Mr. Verboten over here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you had, look at you. Yeah. I don't believe in. I don't believe that that's legitimate at all. It's not true for two reasons. One, it. Well, it's not three coaches. It's two. 
I'm, you're not going to turn Mike Pegues into like some standalone guy who also came in off the street and couldn't get through to these guys. It was the same group they recruited. Same like, and had agency over the roster. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Yeah. But also, when Max said last year, I can't get through to these guys, I don't know what I'm going to get night in or night out from these guys. It wasn't these guys. No. These guys played 27% of the minutes last year. Half the minutes, just under 50% of the minutes this year are being played by guys who were not on the team last year. It's just not true that three different coaches have tried to get through to this group and they haven't. Half the team wasn't here. So one coach has tried to get through to at least half this team, and we can debate about how well he's done on that. But it's just, it. you have to stop. Jerry Eves and everyone who repeats it, you have to stop telling people that three different head coaches tried to get through to, with this group and they couldn't. It's not true. 70% of the guys that played the minutes last year, like they left. Matt, no, it's 27%. I went and did the math. Yeah, but the, the problem with that is that a guy like L. Ellis was on the team and now he plays a ton of minutes. But he didn't a year ago. I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not necessarily that you're right, 73% of the minutes are gone, but a lot of these guys that play, like, the majority of the minutes this year were on the team last year. But the point is, like, the complaint. I about like I'm with you. This being a group that uh, well, we he, Mac already told us about this group. That's not true. These weren't the guys. I mean, L. Ellis was playing some. Yeah. But by and large, we're talking about Noah Locke, Jared West, Malik Williams, and all like these guys that are gone. Samuel Williamson, out of here. Yeah. Aiden Gayon, Josh Nickelberry, you name it, they're out of here. Those guys. And if the ones that were left over were so uncoachable, you could have got rid of them last year or recruited over them. That's what I'm saying. Or yeah. something. So it's like that's the narrative that has driven me nuts second you hear this often and it's usually kind of a bailout maneuver like if you've ever been in a relationship with somebody and you know like all right this person knows i've won the argument but they're not gonna let go they just want to blow it up instead of having to admit defeat but somebody's like well even if he did that you wouldn't be happy anyway you'd be firing him too like no we are not irrational you are not going to turn the fan base into the problem. And I don't even think that's what Thomas was doing Like at the end oh, of the no, hour. No, no. He was just sort of asking for more positivity. But what you're not going to do is say the reason people are mad at the coaches is because they're unreasonable. And they wouldn't be happy with anything. Do you realize how large the gulf is between you're not happy with anything and where we are? Yeah. There are innumerable mid middle levels in between here that people would have been thrilled with. We talked to... As many we've talked to as many people preseason as anybody did in our position about expectations. It's only two. What narratives? I'm not right done. so far. No, no I know, going. but I mean, like yeah. when we're talking about the expectations for this season, I can tell you what the range was. The most optimistic people were hoping for an NCAA tournament bid. They were out there, but there weren't very many. They were the they were the minority. And, like, everything's got to fall our way. The vast majority of people expected, like, 10 to 14 wins somewhere in there. I think that's fair. Most people expected 10 to 14. Some people were at, like, eh, about 500. And then, like, the most wildly optimistic people were tournament team. We could, we could figure something out here. The vast majority of people were ready for a bad year. I will say for the thousandth time, this is not a bad year. This is a horrifically bad year. It's there's a difference, man. Like there the the difference between a bad season and being one of the worst teams in Power Five is history. A, thank you. Is a is a massive gulf. 
there is a huge difference between the two things. And even the most negative or pessimistic people going into this season did not expect four wins. And they are lying to you if they tell you they were expecting that. I don't think Kenny was expecting four wins. Even though he was adjusting expectations, I think he was adjusting expectations for 10 to 12, 14 wins. A competitive team. Nobody expects four wins because four wins is what people do in their last year of a contract, not their first year of a contract. No matter what. like I, I, I would love to see every single successful Power 5 coach out there, every single one, and see what their first year at their university looked like and how many of them won less than 10 games. I, I can't be, imagine the numbers can be very high. Well, I'd be willing to bet you that even in the years, like those first years where they say won seven games, if it turns out to be a successful head coach, so down the road, and there probably aren't very many. But do you remember that graph they showed during the UK game? Though it was like these coaches at their first job. It was all like mid-major jobs too, yeah. for the most part. That's the other. That's the other thing. But well, you, you Chrissy banted me there. <laughs> I know you did. I didn't want to say anything. I know he did. <laughs> you felt it. I could see your face. I know. I was just like, <laughs> that's that's a, I got to like that's a weird feeling to know when somebody else notices that somebody else interrupted you. <laughs> it was an odd. There was, was a, a long pause there. <laughs> was, I said the word long? "but" and you like, was the Kool Aid Man right in the middle of my sentence. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't oh, even know what I was saying there. now. I don't even know what I was I don't saying. Either. I'm sure it was good. <laughs> It would have been a great point. No thanks to Spencer. But look, the the idea that like three different coaches couldn't get through to this group, or the idea that like the fan you wouldn't be happy no matter what they did. That's not true. That it, it is just not true. Put that away. It's it's stop saying it. Like don't trot any of these out to me anymore because I just am not listening to it. You know better. Uh, we had Ellis call into Diener and Blank Bay this morning and say only white people want Guinea Payne fired. Also not true. Also also definitely not true. But Ellis is just trying to make you fight with him so that you don't pay attention to what's happening. And Ellis, we see through it, and you can just stop. Just stop. It doesn't work. It's not true. And you're not helping Kenny by doing this. At all. By arguing that sort of thing. It just doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Those two. If I can get rid of those two. Those are the big ones. Quickly, in a, a somewhat... Slightly different version of you know two different coaches, three different coaches couldn't get through to these guys. The people are like, well, look, they only won 13 games last year. What do you expect them to be this year? No one said, not one person, not one person said this would be a great team. This would be a spectacular team. That Kenny would fix every issue right off the bat. That this this is that he would immediately show up and it would just be like, well, I don't know anyone who said that. I never heard that from him. even like. Jeremy Womit or Marcus or whatever, like the most optimistic person you can think of about how it would go. Nobody said that. But the minute you're like, how come they're not any better? They're like, what, you think you're supposed to make them a Final Four team in, in one day? No, no, I don't. No, no. How about... I didn't think that we would crater even farther. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, I didn't think we'd get worse. Like every player. I don't, with there's a never been a successful head coach who came into a, a new job no matter what the context is, I, I defy you to find one. No matter what had happened, like in the most sympathetic reading about whatever Kenny's inherited, and guess what? Every new coach inherits a rough situation. It's why you have a new coach. Yeah. 
But there's never been one where the team didn't get better at anything measurable. There hasn't been one. And that, unfortunately, is the issue. What you're asking us to believe is that this this group is that Kenny did a good job, but they didn't get any better. And I don't really know what the definition of doing a good job as a coach is if the team doesn't get better. It's not measurable. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's why it's just not, vibes. That's why it doesn't work. And we don't even get the vibes. That's why it doesn't work. Like it, you can't. That's why when I review this season and when I tell people my opinion, when they ask me of Kenny Payne going forward, I say, "Look, man, I would, <laughs> I would love to. Like, I'm Kenny's going to get a chance to 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 do this in his second year. But I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I think it's going to work. Right. I'm not going to. I hope it does, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that there's a lot of indications." That he's the right guy because I don't think there's many indications right now that even the most sympathetic reading could tell you that it's the right guy. There, the only thing you hear is reasons why it couldn't have possibly worked this year. There's not evidence, and that's just the negative. There's not evidence to prove that he is the guy for the job right now. There's only reasons to tell you why this year wasn't going to be good no matter what, and and that's that's my biggest issue with this. And just talking real about it, like it's not, I just don't. You know, like try to shed your opinions going into this, because I I wanted Kenny Payne to work, and I still want Kenny Payne to work, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I have like a wealth of of information and evidence that proves that he's the guy because it doesn't exist right now. He has a chance to change that, but there is no indication to me right now that he's the guy to fix this program. And when I hear the unrealistic expectations, or I hear this group was uncoachable. What I get is, okay, so you're telling me that no other head coach could have done anything with this group. And then you right, start The ghost hearing, of John Wooden's going 4-25, and like, according to that person. Like it was just nothing doing with this group. That's what I hear. So I look at it, and, and that's when people that are completely in the bag for, for Kenny completely, no matter what, start saying things like, like I remember once I was, I was listening to Louie and, and Dan Issel, right? and Dan really loves Kenny. Got it. He was a UK guy for a long time. Um, Louie asked him point blank, would Rick have a better record with this team? And it was when they were like 2-17 and 17 or something. And Dan said no. And I thought it was the most just disingenuous thing I've ever heard in my life, and I like Dan. You know, I did. He's, and he's a luminary, and he, he has a lot of my respect. But that's just like you're just being – disingenuous at that point like you're telling me that he wouldn't have won the first three games of the year that we lost by a point each rick patino wouldn't have won those games with this group like all that's when i i have to turn but, off my i have to turn it off but it's not but here's not being honest that's right but it's also it's a it's it is a matter of dealing with issues like now like it's not just a matter of like would rick like rick like you hire rick patino all of a sudden so everyone's shooting percentage goes up five percent. Like that's no. not how it works. But we're talking about better, more proven ways of doing things. I feel confident in saying Sidney Curry's not jogging his ass up and down the court if he continues to coach. He doesn't see the court unless he's at eight percent body fat and every single if you listen to mark uh, lieberman earlier today every single louisville defender never lifting their hands above their waist is not happening 
So yeah, I do think, but and those are the things where you look at you like, man, there's a there's a lot of bad behavior that's been that's been tolerated, yeah, accepted, and the results are commensurate with that. That's why this thing, and I'm not even talking about roster construction, but you could throw that in the mix if you wanted to. If he takes the job in March, like Kenny did last year, that's when the job starts. You know, like everybody acts like he didn't have any control over what happened between March and October. We talked about his off-season workouts and how hard they were, and then all of a sudden Sidney Curry shows up way out of shape. But he's still your captain. You know, and like you described him as fighting conditioning in December. Like the foundations are there in the like that's the things and and you can argue maybe he doesn't know these things and maybe he doesn't fully know this because it was his first job as a coach. That doesn't necessarily help your argument because the main the main problem that most people had with him being hired was because he'd never been a head coach before at the age of fifty six, which tells me more and I and I hope it's not true. That that wasn't necessarily his career goal at that point. That's 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 how I viewed it at the time, and I hope I'm wrong. But I think that's a pretty clear reading of it, though. If you get to that point in your life and you haven't taken one of the head coaching jobs offered to you or hotly pursued any jobs at that point, I don't necessarily think that that's your goal at the age of 56. It doesn't mean that he can't be successful here. And again, I I'm rooting for him, and I hope he is. But these are the causes for concern. Let's get uh, to the phones here. Let's get to Chris. Chris, welcome into the drive. What's up? Well, I was going to talk football, but then you all got me so riled up. (laughs) Man, I wish you would, though. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. Uh, But anyway, anybody, anybody, I don't care who you are, that would say that if Rick Pitino was coaching this team, they wouldn't have any more wins, is a complete idiot, and should never, ever be listened to again. And, you know, it's just, it's not true. First of all, with this percentage body fat thing that uh, Rick always, uh, you know, lived by, Curry would not have seen that court until he probably would have lost 60 pounds. And so, you know, that for a, is a starter there. But... Everything that Dave says, uh, and you too, Mark, I, I totally agree. But there becomes a time when you just, I mean, you can't comprehend this and you can't explain it. Yep. There is none. There is none. I don't think anybody could go to that game last night and watch it and think that anybody that was wearing a Louisville jersey gave anything more than 50% effort if that. We're talking effort here. There is absolutely zero pride and no effort. None. I mean, they need to, you know, okay, I'll I'll go with Dave. You know, there is going to be a year two. There has to be. I mean, doesn't have to be, but let's let's accept that that's probably fact. But I, I tell you what, nobody, nobody could have expected this crap. And except for the dog that dropped it last night. But anyway, I mean, when there's a meeting at the end of this year between Josh and Kenny, I think there has to be a clear understanding uh, that this is totally unacceptable, and these are the ten reasons why 
most of it centered around effort and pride. And, you know, we're not going to see this again. And if we do, there won't be a year three. Because I don't think Josh could have ever, 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 and I didn't. I swear I didn't. I looked at that roster and said, well, hell, looking at these names, I mean, we're not going to, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't give you a 50% will be 50 50 or any, but I thought, you know, this is, this is going to be a competitive team. They stink. They're nowhere close to what I would have thought looking at that, that, at that paper and that roster. And, you know, there needs to be a clear understanding of what the expectations are moving forward. And the first thing I would do is get the, get the moving van up and get them all out of that Denny of Crumb Hall if that's where they're hanging out and send them up the road to wherever they need to go. But not here. Not here. And I don't care if they come up with, you know, I don't care what they come up with, but I sure as hell want to see something with effort. And don't anybody tell me that there was more talent on that Bellerman team first game out of the, out of the shoot. There wasn't. And they clowned us. They clowned us. They clowned us, and we've been clowned ever since. And, by the way, let me ask a question uh, instead of acting like I know everything. If Kenny is so good, excuse me. Careful. Yes, get your hand on the button, please. Anyway, <laughs> if Kenny is so good at, at coaching up big players, where was that? Where is that? What, I mean – Outside a trainer, the only one that's shown any life uh, of the big guys that even look like they know what to do. Um, I mean, what in the hell has he done to improve these big guys because he's such a masterful big guy coach? Can you all see anything? Now, uh, Mark, I've been on charge uh, thing, but uh, we've given up on that one. But have you all, can, can you at, can you honestly take a look and see anything of any semblance of improvement on these big guys? I mean, they all look like they're, I, I don't know what they're doing. But they're not drawing any charges. Uh, we know that, but really and truly, I mean, Dave has the frustration, and obviously you can read it with me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just some local yo-yo running down, driving down the road. Same but, here. I mean, this is absolutely—you can't. There are no words to describe it. I got a call from somebody from Washington State that's a good friend of mine, and he said uh, uh, last night he goes, "I never thought I would see a Louisville basketball team, you know, stink as bad as you guys stink." <laughs> and I said, "Well, Jim." Neither did we. We're, we're totally taken back by it as well. He goes, you guys are awful. Well, Jim, we are awful. And, but, you know, Josh better have his list of, of things as far as what he's going to expect, and it's going to mirror what, you know, most of us fans are going are, are to expect. But don't expect anybody in those stands next year. They were all hoodwinked on, on something better happening. And it didn't happen. So, you know, based upon what these people have seen this year, I would say, you know, 3,000 people. And they've got to have their heads checked for why, why they would buy season tickets. But, I mean, what am, where am I at here, guys? I mean, am I out in left field? 
You're not. Chris, I appreciate the call there, buddy. Thank you so much. Every time I hear hoodwinked, I think hoodwinked, bamboozled. You know, I just think of the, the Malcolm X speech, Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. Look, Chris sounds a lot voice-wise like Pat Forty. Yeah. Holy cow, that, voice, that was what I was hearing. Call, maybe it was callers, I'm going to let you inside my head for just a minute. I listen to all of your voices. And try to figure out who you sound like. Who you sound like, yeah. Well, the worst, like Steve, that sounds like Jeff, Jeff Walls, Walls is the is best way one. Up there, but Chris sounds like Pat. Chris 40. does sound like Pat Forty. Uh, here's the thing, I will say this: there were plenty of individual efforts last night. You know, the, I, I think JJ played hard. I think Mike James was a was a a madman for a while there when he scored like ten straight points. He was just bullying his way to the basket, and I think that you see those kind of spurts of these guys. I think that. It's unfair to say there's less than 50% effort from most of the guys that get minutes out there. The problem is, on defense, they often don't know what they're they're doing or where they're supposed to be. Um, it's inconsistent. It disappears for stretches, and I think they're mentally weak as a unit where they get down and, and two mistakes turn into six or two baskets by the other team turn into five or six baskets. And that's why these three-point deficits turn into 18-point deficits in a minute. But I understand where most of his frustration comes from. I think out of the bigs, I mean, J.J. has improved this year. I think there's something there with Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. I just think that he's been hurt a lot this year, and we haven't quite gotten it consistently. I don't know if we're going to get it out of him with this coaching staff or not. I don't. I can't tell you that for certain because we just don't have the evidence, just like I said last last segment. So it's it's a frustrating season for everybody, and I think that it's it's – as, every time I want to say that this this fan base is getting apathetic, you know, I go to the arena and the people that are there are impassioned. And then every time we talk about this team, we get full bank of phone calls and ten or fifteen straight texts. Every time, people aren't done with this basketball program. Yeah, anytime. If there's any kind of lesson to really learn from all of this, is that the doomsday never it never appears like people are afraid that it will. You know, I mean, there were Kentucky fans that had fired Cal. You know, please go to Texas. Done with this guy. Strebel said it on postgame shows a million times, like, this is the end. This is the last year. I can't see how it gets any better. Well, it's kind of actually gotten a lot better because these guys are actually trying. And fan Louisville fans, by the way, barely need an excuse to go to games. Right. Until they snatch it back away from in the first weekend, and we're going to hear Which the exact totally same. Uh, it's right. going to be great. They're going to lose. They're not going to make the Sweet 16, and we're going to hear the same things in the postgame. I told you two months ago. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It will be interesting to see just how much people bail out. And that will be something for Josh to have to, to reckon with is just how many people, because this year's season tickets and suites and everything, they're already sold. Use is a different thing, but they were sold. like it, the, In the same way that Jeff Brom has sort of ushered in several thousand new season ticket holders, there obviously, I think there will be a pretty heavy drop off of people who who don't believe and and won't renew until they get uh, something uh, something some reason to think that things will be better. Couple of texts in here. Text says our best players this year would and should be coming off the bench on any good team. Is that the one you were talking about? Next, this blow. Yeah, that was my point, though. Like I, The guy says on defense, they don't know what they're doing. It's inconsistent. Sounds like coaching to me. That's my point. Like, it was only, I, was, I was only making reference to the effort. 
not whose fault it was that they don't know what they're doing on defense. He said there was less than 50% effort on the court. I was saying I think a lot of the guys are trying hard sometimes with no direction or it's inconsistent effort. Well, but I do think that some one, of them are playing hard. One guy playing hard on defense like can look it can look terrible. Yeah. So I like I I think all it takes is one guy to you know, screw up on the defensive possession, well, right. and the entire team looks like a bad defensive team. Well, and sometimes and a, almost a every guy possession. looks like he got beat, and it was actually it happened well before him, and he's just sort of the guy that sort of bears the brunt of it. He's trying to make up for somebody else being out of position. It's why I think it's why I have such a problem with people saying, you know, LLS goes as hard as he does on offense, so you can't expect him to do much on defense. Like that's demoralizing. If I'm constantly in foul trouble because you're, I'm, I'm trying to help on the guy that gets by you because you don't think you have to try that hard on defense. Screw that. Yeah. That's not team building. That's not culture building. Safe to say I, one of the weirdest conversations I've heard, ever heard was the one surrounding LLS on Monday. Yeah. It was very odd to hear people. And I understand like some of the texts in were like, hey, I think they mean like he does so much on offense and for this team, like where would we, we, we be without him? Can we criticize somebody else? And it's like uh, it, it the conversation on the – on the phone was born out of we said even the captains like we've got Sidney Curry who's never been in shape and hasn't brought much to this team and then L. Ellis who's been great offensively and been a liability on defense that was really what we said and then we were told it was okay because he was a liability on defense and I was like what what in what world either cut his minutes or in like and people are saying it's because he does so much this and that's like dude he's bad defensively in the first five minutes of the game like it was such a weird conversation to me where like I understand where it comes from, but also find it mind-boggling to think that way on a basketball court. There's two sides of the court, man, and and I haven't yet to find a great coach that accepts mediocrity on one end. Right, uh, we've got folks who are waiting, but we have gone well past the women. You take a break, so we're going to take a quick one and come back. You guys hang in there, and we'll come right back to you on the drive on in front of the Right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. A bunch of you waited through the break, and we don't want to make you guys wait anymore. We're going to start things off with Jeff and then Kathy after that. Jeff, welcome into The Drive. What's up, bud? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm kind of talking about the... uh how everybody's blaming it on sanctions that we thought we were going to get, and especially Kenny Payne's backers and ex-players keep on saying that's the reason we, we didn't do very good and we didn't have the players, the players are terrible, whatever. 
And then when it was mentioned by Issel, uh, they asked him about if Catino would have done, uh, what he would have done, if he'd done any better. And Issel said no. Well, he doesn't have a good memory at all because back in the early 90s, when UK was put on probation, they couldn't play for two years uh, in a tournament and couldn't even go to the SEC tournament. Rick uh, Pitino went 14-14 and 14 with his first team. And all he had was bench players as Pelfrey, Feldhouse, Farmer, uh, Woods, I think Reggie Hansen. And I, mean, I don't think he had anybody over 6-7, I think, something like that, 6-8 maybe. And they even beat uh, Shaq and uh, Chris um, Jackson that year. And they went 14-14. and 14. Plus, he made it exciting. He changed the culture. They started shooting the three-pointers in the crowd with those threes up there or whatever. And the, the, the fans, were, they were happy, 14-14. and 14. And the following year, I think he went 22-6. and six. And we're looking at a 4-26 and 26 year right now, 4-27, and 27, whatever. And the, the one reason why is because UK didn't go out and hire coaches, never coached before, had had coaching experience. They went and hired Rick Pitino to come in and take over their program. So we're supposed to hire... Somebody that's never had a head coaching position before. And we're going to keep on using these excuses. And that makes me go into this comment that, you know, people uh, don't really like Curtis Ellison too much anymore. And he made a statement that he, uh, I think Kenny Payne made a statement that Curtis begged him not to take the position. And I kind of take it like this. Maybe Curtis knew that Kenny wasn't prepared for this position. Maybe Curtis knew, hey, Kenny, you're going to fail. And, hey, Kenny, maybe I can't help you and give you players because I'm pushing my players all the Nike schools. But the players that pushed Kenny here, you have Butch Beard, Jerry Hughes, they're the ones that pushed him here. And they were out for themselves. The ex players were out for themselves. Now they got they can go and they find visibility again. There's somebody again where they feel like they were pushed away from the program. Now they're visible. And if we do bad, we don't do good. Who cares anyway? Because Jerry East has been going to UK ball games and cheering and cutting down Louisville. And then Bruce Beard doesn't even want to be associated with the program. At least he wanted his name taken off all the record books and all that stuff. So they had a win win situation. Either they brought a guy in, one of their guys, and we built the program back up. Or if they don't, so what? Put the program down, it really doesn't matter. So maybe Purvis is a friend. Maybe Purvis was trying to tell him, don't take it, you're not going to make it. And the other ones are just doing it for their own agenda. I hope y'all can you know, go off that. Sure. Y'all think about that. Appreciate that. I want. I'm. I really. I understand the frustration that just sort of animated all of what he had to say there. But I. I don't want to be a hypocrite and turn around and say, you know, I do wish that there were people that that uh, I didn't hear as much like mocking and, and insulting of a Kenny the person in in the course of not being happy with Kenny the coach. I don't want to turn around and then mock Jerry Eves the person. You know, I don't want to be hypocritical about that. Uh, I'll choose to believe that they have a noble motive in wanting what they feel like is proper African-American representation in important spots at Louisville that there hasn't been up to now and that it's a big deal. And I I have no issue with any of that. And I know you don't either. It's, it's no issues with any have. of that stuff. Uh, but – the irrationality in particular from from Jerry and anyone who's, you know people like him uh who argue that way like they know they know and you know you know when you're arguing with somebody who's not really having the argument you know and he does too and there's really not much of a reason to respond uh to any of that stuff anymore Kathy welcome into the drive what's up on well um when do the Louisville women play um is it Friday or uh, 
Saturday or when? Friday at 11 a.m. They play the winner of the Florida State and then the 12-13 matchup. Okay. Well, you know, we can we can cheer them on. And uh, the uh, Louisville baseball team isn't doing bad. And At all. Spring football practice. When does it start? I know Kansas has already started. When does Louisville spring practice start? And we've got we've got uh, we've got something to be thankful for there. Um, I was wondering uh, on our football side of things. Um, I listened to the NFL Network quite a bit. And they sure did have a lot of good things to say about Keytrail Clark. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I was just wondering if you guys have any idea of how many players uh, we could see uh, drafted. Um, I think uh, Caleb Chandler, wasn't he an All-American? And did uh, I think the two linebackers may be... Abdul or whatever his name is. Abdullah. Yep. Whatever his name is. Yasir, Abdullah, and then you're th- probably thinking of Yaya Diaby, the edge. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that they might be drafted. But anyway, um, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I, I wish you'd go into some of these football details. Sure. And have you heard anything on where they could be uh i know that the the guys on nfl network were quite high on key trail clark so i'll let you comment thank appreciate you. it thank you so much kathy uh i i don't expect any of them to be first or second round probably uh, not guys. unless somebody gets a late push after the combine but i i think key is going to have uh as long as he can convince people that he's all the way out of the knee injury you know, and he's the, had a really good postseason yeah. so far. I think the draft process itself will go well uh, for him, and I would think somebody's going to find room for Yusir uh, Abdullah too. I think that as far as uh, the first five rounds, four to five rounds of the draft, I think you need to look for Keytrail, Yasir, Yaya Diaby, and Caleb Chandler, um, and then we'll see where Tyon Evans lands. I think he's going to be drafted. I just don't know what his round grade is going to be. And somebody's probably going to draft Malik. I just don't know where. I don't think that's I true. think he's probably going to get drafted in the late rounds. I Look, people, we, we have a lot of history with Malik, but there's, there's certain prospect profiles and some things that we don't necessarily look at like they do, and I think he'll get a late-round flyer. Uh, and Tyler Hudson has a chance. So there's seven guys I think that have a chance to be drafted. I think four or five for sure will be drafted. Um, but as many as seven. The right. same league will be drafted. I think mean like seventh round, sixth, seventh round. Are right, you folks uh, hang in there? We will take our top of the hour break here. Come right back. We'll keep this thing going here on the drive on the thunderbolt.